everyone welcome to know your gear qa number 146 it's been a fast week i feel like i was just literally talking to you guys yesterday uh before we get started always i want to make a uh, a couple of quick announcements that are easy uh this is also a podcast i put a link in the description if you want to go to itunes and check it out you can listen to this as a podcast or there's bonus podcasts that i'm now putting out as well uh like in betweens some are just interesting things that i had in the back catalog and of course some are going to be uh some uninteresting um kind of just different stuff so don't don't be afraid to check it out it's free best price ever <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, uh, after this is uh, replayed, if you're watching the rebroadcast of this, there is a question index down below. I always take the time to type all the questions and comment things that we talked about, subjects, I should say, not comments. And so you can go right to them so you don't have to listen to the entire thing. I understand that. And lastly, which is more importantly, is for everyone watching it live right now, uh, is that you start the question with the question mark first. That way you guys can converse with each other and have a good time talking back and forth. But if you want to specifically try to get something to my attention, a question mark at the beginning of the question is how we do it here. It's our thing. And then lastly, little business talk. Uh, first, uh, I got a lot of comments this week on some of the videos I released where I was wearing the Know Your Gear uh, Black Ops shirt or the Subdued shirt where it was like a dark gray on the black shirt. I put a link in that description so you guys can go to that shirt if you're interested and I give you 15% off. So it's just specific for that shirt. So if that's something you're interested, interested in. Also, uh, thank you guys so much, everybody who's joined the Reachable app. I put a link for that. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, there's a phone number. You can text me a message the first time it's free. If you need to get a hold of me, uh, I get back to those within about 48 hours. And then if you want to continue sending me a message or asking me questions, you can sign up for the program. Uh, it's like five bucks a month something like that. So, um, again, you don't have to, it's just a great way to get a hold of me. And, um, uh, and, uh, I appreciate everybody who's already done that. Cause it's been, been really cool. It's a, it's a great way for me to interact with you guys and fast. And another, another thing I want to say is I want to thank John at D's music <laughs> for sending me this shirt. I met John at the NAM show. Uh, he was a cool dude. It was my second time. He, I met him actually last year at the NAM show. And uh, we talked again uh, twice, uh, I think on Friday and then on Saturday, or maybe it was on Thursday and then Saturday. Either way, uh, he sent me a shirt. I appreciate that, man. Uh, that was really, really nice of you. Thank you so much for that. Well, now we got some questions to probably get into. Uh, so let's start with those. I always try to hit the first question. This is Jay Jones did the first question this week. Thank you, Jay Jones. He says, hey, question marks first, by the way, which means he's a returner, returning Viewer, returner. Should we call them returners? It doesn't sound like a cool thing to say to somebody. Return viewers. Hey, Phil, love your channel. Any thoughts or experience with the 100-watt Fender Twin Amp, a.k.a. the Evil Twin? Uh, watching from Hobart, Indiana. I think Ian is Indiana. Pretty sure that's right. Uh, the uh, uh, the Evil Twin. Yeah, it's the, it's like, it looks like a twin, but it's got red knobs, if that's what I remember. And it has a dirty channel, distortion channel. Probably somewhere in my travelings, uh, maybe I've plugged into that amp and played it. Um, you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> I love the Fender Twin. Uh, and, I, and I think I've talked about this before. I had a Fender Twin. It was one of my favorite amps. Um, I sometimes regret it uh, not having anymore. I was playing a Fender Twin last year at a, at a recording studio. And when I was plugging into it, I was just like, why did I ever get rid of my Fender Twin? And um, the main reason is because is it's really heavy. 
<laughs> that's one. So, but in your, you know, in your, in your home studio, it's no big deal how heavy it is, but it is loud. Uh, the evil twin, cause it had the, the, the gain channel. I think you didn't have to crank it to get as loud. Um, you know, I think, I think to answer your question, Jay Jones, I think might, to be honest with you, uh, what impressions I have of it uh, from back then when I kind of played it was probably at that time in my life, it was the wrong amp. I've learned this now at different points in your musical journey, you try gear and then it may not line up. It's the wrong time. Like there's a lot of times where I was not looking for that kind of amp, but now I'd probably more likely look for that type of amp. So I don't know. Uh, so my thoughts on it, I don't remember anything spectacular or unspectacular about it. Uh, Cause like I said, I'm having, I know I've seen one cause I remember it had red knobs and I remember that's the term evil twin. Although that's not the official fender name, right? That's like just what everybody calls it. Um, and I can't remember if it was my buddy's music store or if it was in mine where I saw it. So it was a while back. So there you go. Thank you. That was a good question. Let's go on to the next one. What else do we got for question here? Again, question marks first. Um, uh, William wants to know, <laughs> I just got to say the name, William von Zang Zangenberg. Zangenberg. I'm probably saying that close, right? Uh, I just like saying that name. That's cool. Uh, says, any chance of reviewing a Wolf guitar, Les Paul copy, or 335? Um, maybe. That's possible. Wolf guitars. Wolf. <laughs> Wolf. Wolf guitars, no, wolf guitars. Uh, boy, you think people would lose their mind when I don't say solder and I say solder? What would happen if I said wolf instead of wolf? <laughs> if I did a video, I'm like, these are wolf guitars. The internet would implode. <laughs> Anyways, uh, wolf guitars, I, 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 I believe it or not, the only experience I have of them in any way, shape, or form is probably some glimpses I saw on Guitar Max's channel. Uh, I think he's the only one I've seen talk about them. He's probably other channels talk about them too, but uh, I like Guitar Max and I've seen his channel a few times. I'll put a link to his channel. Great guy. I met him at uh, TGU and I saw him again at the NAMM show and, you know, and uh, he buried a Les Paul in the desert. If you don't know about that video, he did. Uh, and then he dug it up 30 days later to see what happened. Um, I think that was a Chipson Les Paul. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I. What I'm saying is, I don't want to tell you because I'll put the link to that video for his channel. So check that out. Um. So I'm sure that's a, a brand that we can check out. Um. I, I really like a lot of these inexpensive brands that you guys keep bringing up. I think Wolf is an inexpensive brand. I'm hope I'm getting this right. I'm gonna ho feel horrible. It's a three thousand dollar guitar, and I'm. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, because uh, what I'm noticing is that seems to be more what you're curious about than anything else. The high-end guitars and the low-end guitars. Seems like the internet's really getting extreme and the show us $3,000 guitars or, you know, under $100 guitars or two $300 guitars. Uh, because I think that's like the guitars that we're curious about because we can afford them and the guitars we're curious about because they're really unaffordable. And I think that's really two things that are fun. Um, so maybe that's, uh, but I'd love your insights on that. I like to kind of know what you guys are thinking. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> Chips in USA is in the house. It says we bury all our guitars in the desert. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's relicking for sure. <laughs> I swear, there's just water in my coffee cup. I got my Barry Manilow coffee cup. I don't know if you can read that. It's like so much glare. Um, it's the, but anyways, I got my water. Maybe, maybe, maybe it should be vodka. I don't know. Um, what else do we got? Um, I just got a couple super chats. Joe just did a super chat for no reason. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Nathan Sonye. 
He said, heard of a Ukrainian brand called Woodstock. I have not heard of that. Um, that doesn't even know. Why do I know? Not Woodstock. I, uh, I, I thought I heard a brand called Woodstock, but it wasn't guitars. I thought it was pedals or something. So maybe. Well, you didn't say it was a guitar brand. You just said a Ukrainian brand called Woodstock. Is it a pedal brand? It, I, I, it sounds familiar, like maybe seeing it on Instagram or something. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Mick Oscillator says vodka and Manilo. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, hold on a second. I got to refresh my, refresh my super chat screen because I saw Scar My Guitar was here. I uh, love you, buddy. Check, in the, check the mail. I will check the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I will do that, uh, probably right after the show. Okay. So thank you. Okay. Go back to the main screen. What else? Joe says, Joe Halflin says, Phil, hi, Phil. I'm replacing uh, P90s. Whoops. With active EMGs. Should I shield the cavities? Um, you shouldn't have to active EMGs shouldn't really be receiving any kind of noise. It's one of those things where it's, uh, I don't, I won't tell you not to do it cause it's not going to harm anything if you do. And it's probably beneficial in the long run, but, uh, would, would I suggest you to run out and buy some, some shielding tape or some shielding paint, which is what I use, uh, if you're going to install active pickups, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend the money. I think you'd be fine. Uh, I, I, it's very rare for an act to pick up to receive any kind of outside interference. That's the whole point of them. They're supposed to be pretty quiet. You know what I mean? So, um, so there you go. Uh, that's my recommendation. But again, you know, like I said, it caution on the caught. You can do it if you want to caution on the side of caution. That even right? I'm saying error on the side of caution. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't say you have to. Uh, B E. Because I'm saying B-E because it's B and then a space and E says, Hey, Phil, what is that blue strat-shaped object behind you? I'm assuming you're saying this one. This is the Kiesel that I just did the video uh, uh, yesterday of uh, that uh, Kiesel uh, sent me or, uh, yeah, they sent me. <laughs> um, and um, so you, I'll put a link to that video. Uh, so if you can check that out, it's a uh, Delos, he headless Delos. So it's a headless strat. It's basically going to be my... Without a doubt, my new Take It Everywhere guitar. So uh, it plays great. And it just, it's cr what's crazy about those headless guitars. And and I know a lot of you, because <laughs> it's it, definitely I get it. It's an age thing. I mean, I don't want to say it that way, but it is. I can almost tell in the comments how old uh, everybody is by the comments and how they feel about uh, headless guitars. Because, you know, headless guitars, <laughs> I learned in a very short time, are like stairs. You know what I mean? Stairs, like in your house or at the store or store stairs in an apartment complex headless guitars are like stairs <laughs> you can tell how so how old somebody is by how they feel about them <laughs> if somebody goes oh i hate stairs <laughs> I, i'm relating every year i hate stairs a little bit more than the year before i think so when you're a kid i don't know when it happens i've always uh, often thought this there's an age i don't know what it is it's definitely not your 20s it happens much earlier than your 20s probably like 13 years old who knows there's an age where one day that you go you stop loving stairs <laughs> right remember when you're a kid you love stairs like if you saw stairs you're like all right stairs and you would run up somebody's stairs in their house thinking this was the coolest thing ever running up and down stairs and then the next step isn't that you hate stairs. It's just, yeah, now I'm indifferent to stairs. <laughs> and then 
you get a little older and then you're not fond of stairs. And then at some point, I think you get old enough to where like, I hate stairs. So my point to that is that's how I feel guitar players are about headless guitars. <laughs> I think when they're really young, it's like, ah, I love headless guitars. And they get a little older and they're like, I'm indifferent to headless guitars. And then you get like a, maybe I don't like headless guitars. And then for some reason, when you get old enough, you just hate them. That seems to be the way this is working, which is kind of funny. Um, but it's not a, it's not a problem. Everybody has whatever opinion they want. It's okay. Um, Headless guitars, I and and so you know, I'm I'm in the same boat. At first, my first reactions when headless guitars started coming back, I was like, "Man, this looks so dumb." You know what I mean? When they first started popping up everywhere, I was like, "This is not. This is." And you're almost afraid of it. You're like, "This isn't what's going to be cool, is it?" <laughs> so, um, so long story short, I, uh, but I, uh, long story short, I, I like them now. And here's why I'm going to tell you guys, if you haven't played a headless guitar, please, please take some good advice. Uh, I, I settle, seldomly have it. So when I can give it for sure, here it is. Do not comment what you think about a headless guitar. These new ones, these Kiesels, these Strandbergs, these, uh, you know, whatever, all these copycat headless guitars, uh, that are out there too. Until you play one, and I mean really play it, like use it, use it. Here's why. They don't freaking go out of tune. It is crazy. It is crazy how when you tune them, it's like, remember the remember, remember the old Floyd Roses? Remember the old Floyd Roses? You tuned it up and you just never tuned again, right? Unless you broke a string. Well, that's like this, except for on steroids. They they don't they don't even go out of tune when you do break a string. If that's not something that appeals to you, I understand. But you know what's kind of cool? Uh, like I feel confident I might do a video. I don't know if it'd be interesting, but I'll do it. I might, I feel confident to take that Delos, um, uh, with me wherever next trip I go in the hotel and everything and no tuner, just don't bring a tuner at all. And just tune it up when I leave the house and then just tune it. So that's what I think is cool about them. So every other comment, I totally understand. <laughs> Cause like you said, it is an age thing. I am old enough to, to for some reason, not dig the headless thing. So it's a utility thing for me. So and Wanda Beetle says, I hate headless stairs. That's okay. I hate stairs, stairs without railing. Railing? Railing. Railing. I'm going to get all these right. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, uh, oh, Rich, great question. Thank you. Rich says, does the, does the string tension, does the string tension feel the same? Yes. Um, in the same that, uh, like a guitar like that. So, um, the problem with the, the, um, well, the Delos, the, the Vader, all these type of guitars, the Strandbergs for me is, is that it's, it's going to be different from a string through body type of guitar. So like, to me, I liken it, you know, if you, if you, if you've played a lot of guitars like me, I can tell you what these remind me of the most. They remind me of top load Telecaster guitars where the strings would go through the top of the bridge and not through the body. Um, that. And for some reason that, you know, as you know, there's a difference in the way the strings bend when, depending on the type of bridge. And I, I mean, I don't mean tremolo, I mean, hardtail bridge, whether or not there, how much string is afterwards, if it's a two point tremolo, if it's a one, not tremolo, sorry, two point bridge, uh, or, or it's just a wraparound or, or what have you, uh, that's what it is. So it's just a slightly different feel, but that's the feel it reminds me of, which is cool. A little snappy is what I, 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 I describe it as having a snap to it. When you hit the string, it feels like it's just 
right there and reacts really quickly. So um, that would definitely turn somebody off <laughs> and somebody else might love it. Me, it's not a thing I'm attracted to as a sonically for my ears or feeling. It's not something I'm like, wow, this is what I want. But it's something obviously it doesn't bug me. So I play it. And, and of, of course, you know, if there was a string through body version of this, uh, these guitars, I would probably prefer that because I feel more at home in that feeling. But, you know, maybe but maybe that's part of the reason why it stays in tune so well. So and, and like I said, I have a lot of guitars that stay in tune. But man, like this thing, it's like it doesn't stay in tune. It's just in tune and it just stays there. <laughs> Sometimes when I listen back when I'm indexing my stuff, I go, what did I just say? <laughs> Why did I just say it that way? Okay. Uh, what else do we got? We got BK says, how does Music Craft parts compare to Warmoth? Oh, I don't know. Music Craft with a K uh, to Warmoth USA. I don't know, buddy, uh, but let me, let me index it. So I will make sure there's index. I will put a link to Music Craft. I will go and peruse um, their website. Uh, I will tell you this war moth necks and bodies have been for me. And I've said this many times in the past, the best, it, it, you know what I mean? If I want, you know, whenever you guys are asking me for a great neck and body reference, uh, I'm always telling you war moth. I, I think you can get lucky with a lot of companies. I think you can get value with a lot of companies, but I think that if you, um, in my opinion, if you get a war moth neck and body, you have essentially a, a $3,000 guitar quality instrument. Their, their fit and finish is, is beyond, beyond uh, reproach. And keep in mind, it's also a reason I feel that way. It's not only the quality that I've seen uh, putting together so many customers' guitars over the years and helping customers. And of course, I've built two Warmoth guitars myself uh, about 15 years ago because I wanted Paduke and I didn't want to sand on it. Um, I don't like to wear a respirator. <laughs> when you're sanding and Paduke is one of those woods that you don't want to breathe that stuff in. It can be toxic for you. So I figured oh, I'll just have, I'll order a body and, and, and a neck that way. Um, so I don't have to sand on it for hours. The um, so I've since kind of, you know, not being so lazy, but back then it was definitely lazier than, than I am now. Uh, so uh, that being said, uh, I don't know, but I will check out music craft because I'm always shocked to see you guys sometimes can find stuff that changes my mind, which is good. Uh, Voodoo fist. Cool name. Uh, I have a 2019 Jakey Lee signature Charvel, and the high E string is starting to catch and stick on the frets when I bend. Why and what do I do? This is strange to me. So I thought, you know, I read something and I think I know I'm gonna what's where it's gonna end. I thought you were gonna say the high E string was catching on the end of the frets, like maybe they sprouted out. But now you're saying it's catching. It's starting to catch and stick on the frets when you bend. Um, well, sounds to me like a couple things. You might have a cut in the fret, and that might be catching the string. So you need to visually inspect that. So, you know, obviously get a flashlight. And if you have poor vision, you can use a, uh, you can use your cell phone and just, you know, look at the cell phone, expand it out, uh, which is, which is a good way to do that now. Um, but uh, the... The other thing is you might be corroded. So here's what I would recommend anyways, no matter what, you know, right? You need to polish your frets. Uh, I have a video, I'll put a link right there uh, down in the index when this replays, because uh, I have no way to do it live, where I use the Daddario uh, polishing kits. I like them a lot. 
Uh, it's simple. It's fast. You can buy them on Amazon for like three, four bucks. Um, I bought a set and I tried them and I've been using them ever since. There's probably a ton of others out in the market, but I recommend what I know, what I like, because it's, you know, <laughs> I don't have to guess. I know how it works. Uh, and you could probably polish those frets up. That's what I would do. So it's one of three problems. Either your frets are dirty and grimy and they've got a cro I got corrosion. So you can polish them up. First fix, do that three, four bucks. Great. Second thing is you might have a cut or ding in the fret. I don't think it's a ding. I think it's a cut. Sometimes the guitar gets dropped. You don't realize that the string got cut into the fret. The metal, of course, is sometimes soft, especially the high strings because the high strings can be steel and then the frets are nickel and just cuts right in there and it doesn't take a deep cut to make that happen. Uh, so then that in that case, you would have to polish those frets out um, and even probably crown them a little bit, depending on how deep and bad it was. But I'd have to see that to know. And then the third thing is I could be misunderstanding the entire conversation and question that I'm saying. And it could be what I was talking about in the first place, which is when you're playing the E string, it's catching over the fretboard and hooking underneath the fret. And in that case, you have fret sprout. And I'll put a video for this called fret sprout, how to fix it. And uh, uh, so that's how you fix the fret sprout. And I'll let you know. Hopefully one of those uh, will solve the problem for you. Uh, Ransom Baggins says, uh, dollar signs. <laughs> if you had to learn to play guitar all over again, how would you go about it knowing what you know today? I'm 47 and I'm just getting started. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, and it's probably not the answer that, that a lot of people would think. Um, so it's tough to envision how to play guitar today because... I mean, I used to have to pay to go to guitar lessons so my teacher would teach me a song because I you had no way to figure out songs other than if they got transcribed in Guitar World or you just did them by ear and then you were wrong, <laughs> right? I mean, especially beginning. So, um, so I mean, it was it's a different world. I understand that. But what I would tell you is this. Um, I could say, oh, I would work on my theory more and, and stuff like that. Um, one thing I regret that I didn't do, I didn't play a lot of cover songs. I didn't play a lot of people's music. And and I think that it's not so much that I'm recommending that's how somebody start playing guitar today, but the question was really was uh, how would I go about doing it different knowing what I know today about how I play. Um, I would learn more of, more of other people's music than I did. Um, to me, I, I was a player. There's different players. Some players just like to play exactly what a player plays. And I think they're amazing. When I watch on YouTube and somebody's nailing in somebody a cover song perfectly, to me, that's amazing to me because I've, I've never been able to play a song exactly like an artist plays it. I've always played it with some kind of weird interpretation of it. Um, which I think has its own flair and coolness too, but it, obviously you're always envious of what you can't do, not what you can do. Um, but what, what I mean by that is I feel like learning other people's music is a great way to get a sense of music theory stronger than music theory can, you know, teaching music theory. That's how I feel. So, um, so that's what I would do different. I would learn, I would learn a lot of music, uh, and, and on top of everything else you do, you know, practicing, learning theory, learning your scales, learning chords, all this stuff, play songs, but not just play the songs talk about this find people to talk about whether it's your teacher or other players but literally dissect why does somebody come up the way they do it and the reason i the reason i say this to you is because one thing that hits you and i don't know why it hits people differently and some people are smart and they figure it out in seconds i was not that smart i didn't figure out in seconds it took me a long time to wait one day realize that a lot of people are playing the same thing such an obvious statement. Of course, they're all playing the same thing. There's only so many music notes or so many, so, so much, you know, so many scales, so many chords. But what I mean by that is 
you know, there's there's 50 different things, songs I love, and they're all literally played with the same, let's say, for lack of a better word, ingredients. And then that's the day you wake up and go, wow, it's so weird how everybody can interpret these same tools and use them to do different things. So I wish I did that more because I started doing that later on in life. And I think it really helped me the most is trying to understand why somebody does that. Um, so that's my thought on that. And then let me sw switch over. Because uh, again, if you did a super chat, I have it pinned. I'm not losing you guys. Uh, let me go back to the main screen here and see what else somebody else is putting out there. Um, uh, Jose Santo Soto. Soto, sorry, buddy. Jose Soto says, uh, I started playing again after six years. Where do I find backing tracks to play along? You can find them right here on YouTube. Uh, I'll put a link to my favorite uh, when I do the index, if that helps you, my favorite channel. Although there's a lot of great channels on YouTube. Uh, you could just play along. Some of them you can you can purchase from them and support their channels. Um, if you guys do use a lot of backing tracks, I'm not trying to ever kind of guilt anyone or anything, but just keep in mind a lot of those channels create all that content, and a lot of times they can't financially make money off of it because they're doing other people's covers, or sometimes the algorithm punishes them because their song sounds too much like another song. And so, just I'm just letting you guys know that because I maybe you guys aren't aware of that when you see a channel, let's say the size of mine, doing something like that, they're not they're not making uh, the same revenue ad revenue that I can make because I'm not really doing any copyrighted type material. Um, and uh, and in most part, they're not doing copyrighted material, but it's inter interpretation. I deal with a copyright strike this week. I solved it. It was fine, but something something claimed one of my things and it, and it wasn't what it was. So I had to deal with it, but still it happens. But back to uh, uh, Jose's uh, question, uh, check out, uh, there's tons of it on YouTube, man. There's so much of it. It's just right there. That's what I use. I have it around on my phone queued up and, um, and uh, I have no reason to suggest this. I just love it so much. I pay for the, uh, I don't want to know what it is now. I think it probably gone up. It was probably, I think when I started with 10 bucks, it's probably like 11, 12 bucks. I pay for the YouTube thing. I don't know what they call it anymore. Remember they were calling it YouTube red. Now it's called YouTube premiere, whatever. I pay for that thing. I'm looking at my phone. The, for it, the, uh, what you can do if you have that is you don't get commercials anymore. People who are on the platform still get supported, which is great, but also you get to download all this stuff in your phone. And so I have like hours and hours of videos in my phone, including all those back backing tracks you can just download them and have them in your phone and i can play them bluetooth uh, anywhere i go and so that's really cool because uh in fact so you know you can stream music do all this stuff again nothing i get nothing i'm paying for this out of my own pocket the the service i just love it it's become this when i first did it i was actually in a pissy mood because it was more than netflix and i thought really more than netflix for youtube what a bunch of yankers right and then uh and then slowly, oh, dude, it's been the best. Uh, I, I've had it now for about, I don't know, probably two years. I can't remember. I've suggested it a couple times. But just so you know, you can do that. And for that price, I mean, still, it's not cheap. It's over 100 bucks a year. But you can get all those backing tracks and just keep them in your phone. And I have them in my phone as well. So, and people get paid. They get the, you know, the, they get the, everybody gets, it's a fair system, I think. I think. Again, I don't want to be on the record for stuff I don't really quite know. Find out next week. Nobody gets paid when it's that way. Uh, what else do we got? Let me go back over. And we have Steve Long. Hey, Phil, what's the best way to care for a phenolic fretboard? Uh, he said neck, but I'm assuming he means fretboard. 
Um, so if you guys don't know what phenolic is, phenolic is, it's a resin. It's a resin. It's, um, I love talking about phenolic, uh, resin fretboards. Um, they were used heavily for a while when they first pop start popping out. You saw them on fretless bases. That's where I started seeing them. It's a man-made material. It's still pressed. Like they press it like a, uh, you know, they press it to, to make it really condense and it kind of resonates and supposed to sound like ebony. It usually looks like ebony because they add a lot of black dye to it and it has fibers in it. So, uh, phenolic resin, I, and I, I my what's funny about phenolic resin fretboards is they were uh, first i think the first industry to use phenolic uh, uh uh type resins in 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 what we would use it like wood was steak knife handles so it could survive the the washing the dishwasher isn't that funny uh so that's what happened you know your wooden handles on your steak knives would dry out so they use those so a lot of times if you have some especially from the 50s the 1950s i'm not kidding if you have a steak knife or knives and they have these black and they look almost like plastic, but wood plastic handles. Those are sometimes phenolic resin fretboard or resins, which is not. Uh, and there's all kinds of phenolic resins. Usually, I'll get some engineer on out there. One of you guys right now is probably losing his mind. He's like, Phil, everything is. A, I I get that. I'm just trying to keep it layman's for everybody to be on the same page. Anyways, the point is the best way to take care of it. You can use a damp cloth. I wouldn't because I don't like any kind of water near my frets because, uh, you know, because it's metal and it can corrode. Um, but if you damp cloth and you wipe it and then you dry it off real fast, I don't think you have a problem with that. That's what I would do. Um, but yeah, you don't need to use anything. Don't use any oils. The The phenolic uh, fretboards can't absorb anything. They're essentially think of your fretboard as plastic. So think about what you would clean a piece of plastic with. So that's what you could do. And then also keep in mind, if you have a phenolic fretboard it might be on a wood neck so you don't want anything to spill over and get on the wood that you don't want so like i said damp cloth man you should be good you know what i mean just keep it really light and just wipe it down um you could probably use guitar polish again i missed it onto the cloth again i always tell everybody just remind everybody when you use when you wipe anything down your guitar I, the, the the way i like to do it is i always just put enough of it whether it's oil or it's uh, guitar polish or it's water I always put enough on the cloth just to get the cloths when I wipe. I feel like there's the, the the damp part of it will grab dirt and move it. That's all I want to do. So again, you're not soaking anything. Just lightly wipe it off. Super easy. Uh, phenolic, uh, phenolic fretboard should last forever. No issues. So there you go. Uh, John says, hey, Phil, I have a Jackson with a reverse headstock and a Floyd Rose. High string sounds like a sitar. Any idea on how to get rid of the sitar sound? Um well, the first thing I always uh, will tell you, especially with the sitar sound high E string or in, and usually sitar sound is going to be the high E, B and G strings, usually the B and the E are the worst. First and always thing to do, especially if it's a guitar that didn't have that problem before and it started to restring the, the guitar again. Uh, I don't know if you have to restring the whole guitar. Try, you know, obviously try the high E restring it first. I'm not saying the string is the problem, but sometimes the way it was restrung is the problem. But yeah, sometimes it could be the string. I don't think I've ever seen it be the string, but you know, we should be open to a new problem that that may exist. Um, so it's kind of like telling somebody, oh, your computer is messing up, reboot it. It's really like reboot your restring. Do your restring over and hopefully like it'll it'll end up differently. The other thing is keep in mind that the sitar effect is a, is, is something is vibrating. That's what's happening. Something is vibrating. Whether it's the the string kissing the top of a fret and causing that little sizzle vibration to get the sitar or if there's something in the bridge or the neck uh, vibrating, 
there's a way to do that. Uh, a way to check to see it's not a fret on that type of guitar is you could take the truss rod cover off and loosen the truss rod so that the neck obviously will forward bow and the action will come up a lot. Um, you could also raise the Floyd, but I'm a little cautious to tell people to raise their Floyd roses because when you turn the two posts on a Floyd rose with all the tension against it, those sometimes they use the cheaper metals and I've seen those crack. So I'd like you to stay away from that. Just two, two or three turns loosening, loosen uh, quarter uh, counterclockwise. Counterclockwise on your truss rod will let the strings kind of pull on the neck the action will come up and if the sitar sound goes away then you know it was touching something um and then you can just return the truss rod back to where it was but you you have to start if you're having the problem you have to slowly diagnose the problem the good news though is that you shouldn't need a whole lot of things the only thing i don't know in this question is did you get the guitar with the problem like that then it could be anything it could be the the um um, a lot of times also another thing you can do on the Floyd Rose, it's really common on the locking nut. They sell uh, brass shims and maybe the, the nut itself is too low and it needs to be shimmed up a little bit uh, so that there's no problem uh, so that sometimes you can fix that real easy. So you can go online and just buy a couple of those brass shims and that will fix that problem as well as well. Uh, Blues Boy Kentucky says, how do you protect my hand, signature, hand signed signature on my autograph buddy guy strap from wearing off and fading off over uh, time, even though I don't play? We've gotten this question before, and this was a tough one because I was hoping I would have some cool paint guys out there to give us some better tips. Um, the only thing I can do is I can't tell you how to do it. I can just caution you on what you probably want to stay away from. First thing you want to be aware of is you don't want to spray any kind of clear cans of paint you get from the Home Depot because not only is there a first problem, which is sometimes when you spray that stuff over to cover it, the, the signature actually gets wet first and then it like smudges and it gets ruined and then that stuff hardens and it's just a disaster. It's enough to, to bum you out. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the, the problem is, is that you're saying it, you got autograph buddy guy. I didn't see what kind of guitar it is. Cause it's, if it's lacquer, you can shoot lacquer on top of it and then they can, um, you know, at this point, until I hear somebody out there that's got a cool trick for that, that I can trust, I would say if it's that important to you, I would take it to a shop that does custom painting and custom refinishing and then have them do it. Um, here's how I can, here's why. Cause, uh, the, when I was in Germany, uh, the tone King had his, uh, Phil X guitar signed by Phil X. And he handed it right to Warwick and they took it right in the shop and they shot, they shot the guitar clear coated over it and it's sealed in there forever. So, I mean, it's, and I've seen people do it. Professionals do it. I've seen non-professionals do it and it came out right too, but I've seen as many more not non-professionals jack it up. So I have never had to seal a, uh, 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 a signature on a guitar. I've never had anybody sign my guitar, really. I shouldn't say never. I once had a bass player sign my bass, but that's about it. And that was years ago. Uh, so I don't, I've never had to deal with that issue. But again, somebody out there is watching might know a trick or have done it. Please put it in the comments. But again, you know, uh, Blues Boy, keep in mind, just, you know, take their advice as, as what it is. It's just, just advice. Uh, Scott did a super chat, super chat for no reason. Thank you, Scott. Michael Austin says, hey, Phil, long time watcher. First time questioner. <laughs> We're going to call you guys questioners. Uh, have you thought about doing some demos and reviews on the Evertune Bridge? I, I would love to do the Evertune Bridge. I, I literally have no way to do it. Um, it's one of those things where I've tried a couple different angles to get 
a guitar with Evertune to not only review the guitar, but then to maybe do the video about the Evertune bridge and how I feel about it and what, what I like and don't like about it. There are many things to love about the Evertune bridge. There are a couple things not to like about it. Um, and that, that would be a great video to talk about. So, you know, and to be honest, it's one of those things where time goes by and then you look back now and I hear that question going, wow, I bet you it's been about almost, I'm not kidding. It's probably been almost two years since I was been trying to hopefully have an Evertune just kind of come across the channel's way. So, um, I would tell you I'd reach out and get one, but I mean, literally I, I work with no companies that have Evertune bridges that I know of that would be willing to send one out. So, it is something that's on my mind because, again, it's something I want to talk about. It's a cool system. There's things I like it. I, I, if you guys saw in my uh, my uh, summation of of the uh, best decade, I talked about the Evertune Bridges and why I like them and why I think they're a thing that they will be remembered for the decade. But I've interacted with so many musicians that have them. I kind of know what the downsides are, too. And, again, everything has a downside. The Evertune Bridge doesn't have very many, but it has a couple, and they're fun to talk about because they're not really that bad. You just have to be aware of that there's some issues. Um, like one of them is once you set it all up and go on tour, it's pretty much going to stay the way you set it, which is great, but it's also going to stay the way you set it, which is could be a problem. Uh, so that way, I don't know. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Uh, maybe I could reach out to ESP LTD. I've never worked with them, but I'd love to because I love their guitars. Um, I'd say I'd buy one. But even then, I haven't come across. I'd have to. I don't want to just buy one. Well, you know, I say I don't want to just buy one. But sometimes, if I can find a good deal, you know what? Let me look to see if there's a good deal on one. I can get one for to review. I'll buy it because I've done a couple of videos now where I've just bought guitars, reviewed them, and then sold them. And you know, you can as long as I buy the guitar right, I can get right out of it and then make the video. And it's it's been it's been fine. So let me look at that option. Let's go to a non. I appreciate all you guys doing the super chats. Let me go to a non chat question let me go back to my screen and uh per s uh per s strum i oh, man i'm sorry per s we'll just do that ola will give you a deal on one you know i could probably reach out to ola he'd be pretty cool to ask maybe uh that would be a great way to not only talk about the bridge but also get more excitement about the uh, uh, solar guitars i would definitely do it i know the big issue with ola and i think that's part of the reasoning why when you know remember when i when i uh, he gave me a guitar i think it's behind me it is behind me it's right there which I still love that guitar, by the way. Um, and I love it for two reasons. It's a great guitar. plays amazing. Sounds amazing. And it was cool that Ola gave it to me because um, I was a huge Ola fan. It's like a, it's like one of those things. Like, I, you know, it's funny. I still never met him. <laughs> I tried. In fact, at the NAMM show, I was, I thought I was getting punked at the NAMM show. I don't know if I told anybody this story after the NAMM show. It's kind of funny. I swear I was getting punked at the NAMM show. I had one. This, no joke, no exaggeration. At one goal this year at the 2020 NAMM show, meet Ola. I just wanted to meet him, say hi. You know, he, I've always been a fan of his channel. I always liked him. He's funny. I like his technique. Uh, I've said this many times before. One of my favorite amps, my Mark V Mini, I love because I bought it. I hated it. I watched his video on how to use it. It's literally before he was before. That was before I really even had a channel. And uh, and uh, and I anyways. So that when he gave me a guitar, you know, for the channel and stuff, I was like, wow, this is even cooler than before, because, you know, I'm a fan of his. And, you know, and then to find out he's like a cool dude. That's really cool to find out. So my one goal at the NAMM show was to meet him. Why I said I was being punked was I would go to like Rev. I would go to to booths 
trying to find him. And every once in a while, people, I'd be like, yeah, I'm looking for Ola. And like, oh, he's just here. Everybody was like, he was just here. My own friend who didn't know I was looking for Ola kind of went to me and goes, oh, I just met Ola. Where? I was just, he was just rare, just right, right over there. You didn't see him. Uh, so I thought it was funny. I was like, this is like some kind of weird sitcom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, that might be a good place to reach out and see, obviously. Um, but I was going to say one of the hard parts I think for him is he'd have to ship the guitar to me and back. Maybe, maybe we can work on a deal. I'll pay the shipping back. He pay the shipping for him. He gets some promotion out of the deal and we'll get an, uh, an Evertune on the, on the channel to check out. So thank you for the suggestion. That was a good idea. Um, Okay. Uh, Mark says, Phil, what is the best throaty sounding single coil neck pickup? Well, Mark, I don't know the answer, but the good news is uh, we will all learn the answer. I, I, I think it's official. Uh, the patrons already know. So once the patrons knew, they get the backlog to see the secret stuff I'm up to uh, uh, because uh, because I use them as my like focus group. I get to utilize them as like, OK, this is what I'm up to. What do you think? <laughs> and uh, the uh, it's on my list. The impossible guitar. That's, that's what I, we're calling it. The Impossible Guitar first video comes out in March. March. When? What? What What date? So I can tell you because it's official. It's done. March 2nd. March 2nd. Mark your calendars. March 2nd. I will be releasing two videos that day. First, the video on the Impossible Guitar. The guitar that is going to allow me to do the 50 pickup challenge. And then... At the same time or right after that video, the first of the 50 pickup challenge videos. So, Mark, to answer your question is we soon on this channel <laughs> should have uh, the largest um, catalog of pickup reviews on YouTube. Um, not because I'm doing 50. The goal is 300. I know that sounds almost insane, but it's true. I plan to have I plan to have a reference uh, so that you guys, when you ask questions like that, we literally have a reference in a control and as close to controlled environments have same amp. So we're always going to use the same two amps, same microphone, same microphone placement, same guitar, same everything and give you reference of pickups. And uh, and that's a great idea uh, for single coils. And uh, and we have some videos uh, that are coming that are exciting about that. So, uh, Mark, although I can't answer your question, I thought I'd at least tell you guys about that because I know we've been talking about the Impossible Guitar and it's been a long journey and it's been crazy. But I will tell you, it came out better than I ever anticipated. And judging from the reaction from the patrons, I think they uh, agree with me. So because their reaction was definitely like mine, like the what the heck just signed? What did I watch? <laughs> So, all right. Um, so, um, Hero has a question. Uh, it says, uh, hey, Phil, how do you know if a, if a Telecaster neck pickup is a cover, the, if the pickup cover is nickel or chrome? Um, you know, there might be a cool way to, to, to know. I usually uh, look at the way it looks. Uh, chrome will be shiny and glass-like. I've never seen anybody polish nickel to the to the sheen of of chrome. Chrome will look like a mirror, right? Even cheap chrome, you know, chrome just looks like a mirror. So to me, the, the, the pickup would look like a mirror. Mirror nickel would look either satin or shiny, but even shiny would look like shiny metal. It wouldn't look like a mirror. So that's how I would tell the difference. Um, 
that's how I do tell the difference when I'm looking at nickel covers versus uh, chrome plated covers to see what they did. Um, and that's something I've experienced. And it's just not, it's just, it's not just nickel. Um, I, all kinds of materials, like uh, obviously aluminum has that aluminum, <laughs> aluminum and aluminum, your choice. I don't care how you say it. I still like you. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I've seen uh, when I do hardware and stuff, there's just only, there's only so shiny they can get that stuff, no matter how much they buff. And so Chrome will always look like, like I said, it's just, it's just, it just looks like a mirror. So that's how I would, that's how I would distinguish the two. So, um, okay. So next let's do, how are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing good on time. We're going <laughs> to, as I jump screens and lose my screen. Ah, come on, YouTube. Where do you put my, ah, there it is. Okay. Let me refresh this because I think I'm behind. I don't know how I got behind. Okay. Um, Scott Germain just did a super chat for no reason. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Michael Austin says, Hey, Phil, long time watcher. I always think, uh, Nope, I already did that one. Neil, hey, Neil, what's up? Neil A says, hey, Phil, uh, yesterday purchased on pre-order the new Ormsby Goliath Shark, which is a headless multi-scale. Just got to wait for its arrival later in the year. Can't wait to try these cheers. I'm a huge Ormsby fan. There are very few guitars on my, uh, I don't want to say bucket list, because uh, I don't have a bucket list for guitars. Um, it's, you know, obviously being a, a, a guitar reviewing channel, and then having a store, I mean, I had a store for 13 years and now I'm reviewing guitars now for like the last four or five years or whatever. And at this point, I, I mean, I put my hands on most everything I want to put my hands on. There are very few guitars that I could say like, oh, the bucket list guitars. But there's guitars that I still just want to put my hands on and spend some intimate time with. In fact, I'm at a point now where I just, it's weird because uh, I get this question now, you know, with 700 videos do you get sick of this? And I'm always like, no, but I, I do notice that I less and less each month almost, but yeah, definitely year have less desire to own anything so much as try it. I want to be in, I want to try it, but not just pick it up. I want to play it for a few weeks. I feel like there's just this, I got to get it out of my system now, <laughs> right? Try it, figure it out. Ormsby is one of those guitars where I just want to spend some time with them because every time I see them at the name show and I, I've touched them, there, I just know this is a guitar that I really identify with. It's a cool guitar. It sounds great. It looks great. So uh, I'm a little jealous of your purchase, man. That's that's cool. Um, so like I said, I think that's something that eventually I'll have in my future. I think so. So because uh, I can tell you right now, uh, you know, without giving up the kitty, so to speak, I think there's probably only about five or maybe I'll say 10, but it's probably five guitars, brands, not personal guitars, but brands at this point that I have not played that I know about right? Cause I can't talk about the guitars I don't know about, uh, that I'd really like to get my hands on and spend some time with. And Ormsby is definitely in the top five of stuff. I, I definitely think I'd like to put my hands on and check out, uh, nine squirrel. <laughs> I can't, who knows if I'm even close to right. Uh, says beginner here, uh, been playing on Epiphone for a few years. Is it wrong to upgrade straight to something like a music man or should I stick with the thousand dollars ish? This is a great, uh, question. I love it when beginners have the foresight to say, Hey, you know, uh, what, you know, not just, you know, they to ask. that's all to ask. So I'll give you my best, uh, beginner advice for upgrading a guitar from your current guitar. Um, the amount of money you spend on a guitar is the last thing you should concern yourself with. 
I did a video. It was one of the videos that actually launched my channel early on, which is, uh, you know, basically talking about how to buy a beginning guitar. And in there, I said, set expectations. I've stuck with this. I've, what's nice about a video like that is that's a video that that really resonated with some people. I made a video. I was very lucky to say, hey, here's my thoughts. And it resonated with some people. But more importantly, to have the now to be this much more experienced in, in the world, <laughs> right? Be a little bit more worldly, a little bit, and still feel the same. Because there's a lot of things I don't feel the same about, you know, I did four years ago, much less, you know, you know, uh, 10 years ago, but definitely this is something I feel in tune with. The amount of money you pay for guitar is the last thing you should care about. The first thing you should care about is, uh, well, one, how does a guitar make you feel? Because it's an artistic form and it, it does as silly as that. These are things that really matter. So how does a guitar make you feel? Does it make you feel good? I not feel like touching it. That's obviously important too. But I mean, you know, like these guitars behind me, if you look on this wall, I, if you ask me what's the best playing guitar, that's doesn't matter if you think it's the weirdest looking guitar or you just, it just not, it doesn't relate to you in a way. And I know that sounds silly because a lot of people are like, Oh, what a guitar looks like doesn't matter, but it does because it's an artistic form and you have to feel in a certain mind to make any kind of art. So, so like I said, for, for, to answer your question, Try to find a guitar that resonates with you the way it feels, makes you feel is right. And then all you have to do now is, like I said, set some expectations and write those expectations down. And when you're a beginner, it's a little tough. So I've, I've given some suggestions in the past and I'll give them again. First, the guitar needs to stay in tune. Especially if you've been playing a little bit, you kind of notice that. Another thing is a guitar should not restrict you or hold you back. So if you have trouble playing like a barred F chord, if this guitar is has a problem doing that, and it's then be conscious of that. You know what I mean? You want the guitar to not be hard to play. Okay. Especially um, if you have a guitar, doesn't matter what kind of guitar it is, and you're spending more money on the next guitar, it should definitely not have any of the limitations that your current guitar has. Otherwise, there's no reason to upgrade. So, uh, so try to find a guitar that doesn't have those limitations. Try to make sure the guitar sounds the way you like it. Now, if you don't play the way you like yet, because that's sometimes that's what happens when you say you're a beginner, you can play some chords, but you can't play the music. You can always go to a store and find somebody to demo the guitar for you and listen to the guitar. Listen to that instrument, because if you can find a player that's a better player than you play a guitar that you're thinking about getting, you understand if it sounds great, you could go, well, it sounds great because of them. And you're like, yes, but one day you will be like them. And then that guitar made the sound you like, which means it's possible. Uh, so that's something else to think about. Um, and then uh, and then, of course, the you said a thousand dollars. But keep in mind, the last thing is and when I said, you know, the money is the last thing. Don't think about how much you should spend. Think about how much you have to spend. Uh, so if you have a $500 budget, if you have a thousand dollar budget, you have a $10,000 budget. I don't know why you'd have that, but Hey, good on you if you do. Um, but my point is your budget is, we live in a world where it's, you know, it's the golden age of this stuff, right? I mean, you can get anything for any price. So once you found the guitar that you love the way it plays and you love the way it looks and you love the way it sounds and it's, and it feels the way you want it to, and though it hits all those, all those expectations, you've checked off all the boxes. If it's not in the price range you want, Trust me, there's a guitar like it in the price range you want. It does exist. You know what I mean? And and sadly enough, one of the things that we have to come to 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 a uh, to terms with is some of the things that makes guitars expensive isn't how good they are, but it's how much we want them. You know what I mean? Some of the most expensive guitars I own are not my best guitars. They're just guitars that I just for some reason decided one day I have to have them or I want them, and that urge and that desire look made me look past the pricing. But 
it had nothing to do with anything like I can't buy a good guitar or I can't have a good guitar until you get a certain price point. That's not the world anymore. I play guitars for $150 that I could probably play my whole life and never feel that any of those things I talked about restricted in any way. Um, but I collect guitars and I'm playing guitars for a long time and I like to have different kind of fun guitars. So think about that. You said music, man, makes me think you like music, man. So don't be afraid to get what you like. So that's a, that's the last piece too. Uh, so I hope that works. Hope that's good information. If not, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on stuff like that. Remember, you are all intermediate, beginner, and advanced players out there, and you might have some suggestions to help them. Um, so especially anything that's helped you move along the way, it's always nice. You know what I mean? So there you go. Uh, I'm looking for a non-super... There's like 900 of us hanging out. It's like spinning really fast. Uh, remember, if you guys are asking a question, put the question marks first. It just helps me find the questions or even if you have a comment that you're hoping that would be interesting for me to read you can put a question mark first the question mark first just lets me know you're talking to me so i know you guys say phil but you don't even have to say phil question mark first i know you're talking to me um so daniel wants me to know new drinking game anytime you say vibe you drink three white claws uh the anytime i say right <laughs> it's my favorite word my, my wife uh, drives her nuts that i say right all the time um I say right all the time because of the word, the, the, the movie Tomcats, right? Is it Tomcats or Wildcats? I think it's Wildcats the movie with Goldie Hawn. Does anyone remember this movie? If you Google it. Uh, Wildcats with, with Wildcats. Wildcats with Do uh, Goldie Hawn about a football team, misfit high school football team. And the principal of the school went, right. And I don't know why it stuck with me. So sometimes when people are talking to me, I'm like, right. Because <laughs> that's my lame way of being bright. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, drinking game, dude, so many things you can drink to the things I do. Uh, if if you want to turn almost half my videos into drink games, can although I've never had a white claw, so I I I I, um, I know nothing about them other than what probably ruined it for me. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry that I have to say this, but it's the truth. I saw a white claw once, <laughs> and I said, "What are those?" And my buddy said, "Oh, it's like a." a hipster Zima. And, uh, I'm like, I don't, I don't reference the hipster didn't bug me, but the Zima, I was like, Zima don't want that. So I've never tried one. So if somebody has a different opinion about them. I'd like to know, but, uh, as soon as somebody said Zima, I was like Zima. Ugh. Uh, so if they're any good, let me know. Uh, let's see what else. Hold on. Hold on. Ah, uh, okay. So let me, let me go back to the super chat wall. Hold on real quick. Just because again, I'm looking at the time frame. Um, oh, okay. So Sasha says any tips on adding relief back to a neck that has no relief with the truss rod fully loose. Do not want to replace the neck. It was a handmade by a luthier friend of mine and who died in a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things you can do to, uh, so the problem, that problem is, uh, fortunately not common, but unfortunately 
it happens. So what he's talking about, guys, is uh, in a, for, for instance, there's obviously it's not a dual action truss rod. So dual action truss rod, as you tighten it one way, it would make the neck kind of go back. And as you were loosening it, it would finally go to like a neutral position. And then you tighten the other way and it would force the neck forward. In his case, he's got a single action truss rod, which means as he tightens it, it caused the neck to uh, to go backwards and pull, you know, kind of pull down on the strings. That's the best way to kind of think of that. But more importantly, he's loosened it. And at a point when it gets loose, obviously it doesn't do anymore. And he still does not have the relief he needs. In other words, there's not the, the height. The strings are still pretty much on the fretboard. So what does he do? Well, there's a couple things. The first thing I would do on that neck is sometimes you're lucky and the wood can get a little memory. Now you can, we're talking about the least aggressive way to fix this problem. So we're going to hope this works out. I've had a good experience with this in the past, which is I put thicker gauge strings on it. Um, so if it's an electric guitar that takes nines and tens, I might put twelves on it and then tighten them up uh, about a half step to a full step. Uh, obviously I tighten them until the neck, goes in the position I want it to go into. And then I leave it there and then you just play it. And I, why you would play those strings, you wouldn't, but over time, hopefully the, 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 the force will cause the neck to kind of straighten out. You can steam necks. That's usually how you deal classical guitars. We steam them. This is something that I can't recommend you do. Cause I don't know if, you know, somebody who's not uh, savvy with this should be <laughs> steaming a neck, but I think putting a, a heavy gauge of strings on it and tightening it up and, uh, and, and that's the best way to do it. Or you, you could, it, you could also get away with just not being so extreme. So for instance, you could probably put 11s on it and tune it to standard or 12s and tune it to standard and the neck will straighten out and play it for a while. And then eventually over time, hopefully you can then go lighter gauge and then it'll go back to, it'll just stay in the position it's at. So that's something I've tried in the past. I've had success with that, by the way. Uh, now, when I say I've had success, if I've tried it on three necks, it worked on one, but still that's success. So try that. It uh, doesn't cost more than a pack of strings and a little bit of time. So there you go. Uh, Brett Weaver says, bought an orange sparkle Dane Electro today from Sweetwater. Ah, I hate you already. I hate you. <laughs> Okay, I love you now because we have the same taste in guitars, but boy, did I love that guitar. Thank you for all your insight and reviews uh, and, and uh, help info helped uh, pull the trigger. Yeah, that guitar is gorgeous. You ever want to trade? I have the blue sparkle one, which I love, but the orange sparkle one is a little cool. I'll trade you. <laughs> so if you get it and you go, ah, it's not for me, I'll trade you straight for the, the blue sparkle one. I have last year's model. They're both great. I just think they're the, the orange sparkle. In person, the orange sparkle looks way just pops it was great i loved it um so good on you great guitar for the price made in korea sounds awesome it's made of masonite which is a fancy way of saying like press board <laughs> but it's cool so it's a i don't know if it what it adds to the tone with debate but it's kind of funny when a guitar sounds great and it's just got the same it's got pegboard it's the same stuff as pegboard you can hang your tool. You could probably get a, I could probably get a Dan Electro 59 and drill a bunch of holes and hang my tools. <laughs> that would be a great guitar, right? You're like, oh, anytime I need to work on it, tools are already hanging off of it. Um, here's a super chat from R, just the letter R. I, I, you might be a pirate. <laughs> she might be a pirate. It's a pirate. R, does using a guitar compressor pedal for a bar, uh, for a bass, wait, okay, this is great. Does using a guitar compressor pedal for bass make a big difference from using a bass compressor? No. Um, so, you know, I, I am not a huge bass pedal fan. Um, a lot of my pedals that I use for my bass guitar are guitar pedals. 
Um, I have said this before. I swear 90, I don't want to say 90% of the time. You know, let's just say most of the time I feel like base pedals, especially ones not made by base companies like base pedals, even from boss who I love boss, but boss pedals, uh, you know, um, I don't know anybody MXR. I feel like a lot of times the base pedals are like they're the, the afterthoughts like, Oh, what are we going to do for the base pedal? Um, make it a stupid color and put more low frequency response in the EQ. Okay, cool. So, um, so that's my funny way of saying, no, absolutely not. I, I, I have bass pedals. I have bass guitar type pedals, uh, that I've, in fact, I just got rid of my bass wah pedal because of that same thing. I, I prefer the guitar wah pedal on my bass, even though I know the bass wah pedal has a, let's the low frequency, not stop. I don't care. Um, so no, to totally use that guitar compressor. Absolutely. So that's what everybody was using forever. So, you know, bass pedals as I, you know, especially in the, in the common market, not in the, you know, subtle markets, you know, small boutique markets, really not that, not that old. They've been, you know, they, I mean, most companies just started doing that in the last 20 years. So think of all those bass players recording music that were using guitar pedals. Uh, silk as seven as a Z like Arizona silk is seven silk is seven. Sounds like a drink. <laughs> I'd like the silk is seven, please. Anyways, like the name is what I'm trying to say. Uh, hi, Phil. <laughs> I have always used regular amps for multi-effects. Okay, I've always used regular amps for multi-effects modelers, but have never been satisfied with the results. What are your thoughts on powered cabinets or active guitar speakers? Oh, uh, so that's an interesting question. So I understand what you're saying. So he's using, a, 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 or they're using, I should say, a multi-effects unit and they're running it in front of a, a, an amp clean and they're not loving it. So the idea is what about a powered cabinet? Um, I think you would, you might get, because a, a, a powered cabinet doesn't have the influence of having a preamp section. However, keep in mind, you can make most amplifiers a powered cabinet by running into the effects return, or sometimes it's called the amp return if you have a Fender amp, uh, and bypassing the preamp section and just using the power section of the amp. Um, I've used, uh, I had great success with my um, Mark V Mini. When I was running a Axe FX one night, I ran it into just the return of the effects loop on the Mark V Mini just to use it as slaved power. So it was just using the amp's power section uh, and the pedal. And I think for some reason, I remember that night it was weird because I think the reverb was still coming through the amp. I think I had to turn that off, but that's not normally common. Usually you're just going right to the power section. But so my point is, is I think there's nothing wrong with the theory of doing that. I think you'd be fine. But what I'm saying is, is if you do have an amp, especially a solid state or a tube amp, obviously that has an effects loop, try that first. Try running your effects unit into the return of that amplifier and using and bypassing that. And if you get a better response, even if it's 1% better, you know you're going down the right way before you make the purchase of buying that power cabinet. And I think if you do like it better, I think a power cabinet will even be better than what that is. So that's a good way to try that. Uh, Jim did a super chat for no reason. I appreciate that. Hit the tip jar. Thank you. And then let's go back to the non super chat questions. Um, and it's jumping. Frank Holmes says, Phil, if you could only have four pedals to use. Oh, and that's it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what would they be and why do pedal signals flow from right to left? Um, 
I think they flow from right. To, you know, that's not a weird question, by the way, because uh, I think about that all the time. Because what's funny is my current rig right now <laughs> with my main pedal board, it sucks because I have the ability in the pedal board to change the routing of this. And it's I am going right to left and out to the amp. And the amp is on the. So what's funny is here's the pedal board. I'm running the guitar into the pedal and then out of the pedal board and into the amp. And the amp is actually on the right side of the pedal board. So it makes sense if I would go, like you said, in, it would be less cable. Um but I think we go right to left because that's that is literally how I think we think that way. It's funny, right? I think I know it's funny, right? We're right, left to right. I don't know why it goes right to left. I think it's just because we think of everything as like the first pedal in and the first. But so, you know, some players don't do it that way. Some pedals do go guitar pedals are left to right. It depends on how you do that. It's just also, well, actually, I solved the problem. Mostly because the input jacks, <laughs> the input jacks on the pedals are on the right side and the outputs on the left side. So I think maybe in a world where eventually more pedals are going to be the input output jacks on the tops, I, I think that will maybe change it up a little bit. But I think it's mostly even on the top, your input jacks on the right, your output jacks on the left. I'm sure that's why everybody just goes right to left. That's probably the solve of that in, in no problem. Um, but uh, four pedals, only four pedals. Well, my favorite pedal board's on the floor. Um um i'm debating on showing it to you <laughs> i'll show it to you okay give me a second as we do this and then try not to drop anything on the floor so i have a couple pedal boards as you guys probably know uh one what i would say is my youtube board in other words i use it when i demo videos i have another one that i use to try out pedals and then i have my main board this is my main board and there's I usually have one pedal or two that are experimenting at that time. So let me share with you. Um, two of the pedals are not fastened down right now. The ones I'm holding with my hands. And here it is. So we get a clear shot of this. What do we have? This pedal board is uh, very, very standard. In other words, the Ego compressor from Wampler has been on there for probably about two years. The chorus pedal right here is something I'm just trying out. I'm not a chorus fan. Uh, it's okay. It, usually there's a tremolo right here. So there usually be a tremolo pedal. This is the... Uh, multi-overtone pedal, which I absolutely dig the heck out of. It's just weird. So again, these two pedals that are not, these are the only two that are not locked down. So that tells you that they're experimenting. Zen Drive is definitely a pedal I've been using forever. If I'm not using the Zen Drive, I use the Lauren 68. Uh, I rotate them in and out of each other. Up until probably about four months ago or three months ago, it's been the 68 for about two years. <laughs> and then I went to the Zen Drive and then I'll move back and forth. Dirty Shirley pedal. And then of course the BOD. And the pedal I've never reviewed. I should review it. I will review it. This is my absolute favorite pedal. <laughs> it's the weird thing. Why I've never reviewed it. I have no idea. This is my absolute favorite pedal. The uh, Atlantic by Nuex uh, pedals. Uh, it's a reverb and delay and it's freaking awesome. And then a the did a looper. So these are the pedals. So um, take these two off because these are my experiment. God, I hate this camera being backwards. So we got two, four, six. So say six. And of course the ditto is something I wouldn't. So I'd say those those four or five, those are my go-to. But this is my pedal board. Literally, I use, oops, sorry, as I move away from the microphone. I apologize, guys. Uh, that's the pedal board I use the most. And like I said, normally you, the two boss pedals are coming in and out, but otherwise those other pedals are standard and the only change would be you could do a Zen Driver 68. I change them depending on usually what guitars or mood I'm in. There you go. <laughs> Say answer that question. I hope that helps. Okay, so... I'll do the new X review. Now I'm really going to have to do it because I really love that pedal. It, it kills. It's, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> I 
uh, I, it's, it's funny. And, um, yes, yeah, so I promise, I promise I'm promising myself right now because I need to do that video because I do love that pedal. All right. Um, Jim did a super chat for no reason. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. Tim Wolton, Wolton. I'm gonna say Wolton. I'm hoping saying your name right, man. Phonetically, W L W L L W O L T J N. Wolton. 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 I'm gonna say Wolton. Okay, uh, Declan. Hey, Declan. How's it going, buddy? Declan says, Phil, is there a method of identifying a guitar nut material? Uh, I I want to inspect my collection and do some uh, upgrades. Uh, always good to have healthy <laughs> nuts. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Okay. So, um, there is obviously if you can detach them, it's the easiest way because, uh, anything that's inject molded plastic, it's going to be hollow in the center that, that that's obvious. Not all plastic is hollow in the center, but all hollow center nuts are going to be probably plastic. Um, uh, bone, you can usually tell by the color. Obviously, you can smell it. I know it sounds weird. Smell it, especially if you sand on it. You will definitely smell it. It smells like going to the dentist, man. It smells like when you, if you ever had a cavity, you know what a bone nut smells like. It smells like your dentist drilling in your face. <laughs> it's a not pleasing smell. Um, the uh, graphite the nut is really easy to tell as well because it, if you sand on it, it's turns to powder real fast. It's not, it's not, uh, uh, plastic will get scratchy, but it won't. I mean, literally it's almost like graphite disintegrates back into powder. Um, but of course it's hard to say, Hey, test them all by Mark, you know, with filing on them or, or sanding them. Um, there's also, if they can pop them off, there's also a way to, um, uh, tell when you drop them sound wise, graphite will be bright. Um, but here's what I can tell you. Think about this way. Everything's gonna be different. We're going to exclude metal nut, uh, nuts and stuff. Just talk about the, the, well, I can't, I got to think of them. So I'll just name, name off first. You're gonna have bone bone should be easy because here's the, the way I would detect visually bone nuts is the color would be not consistent. It's bone. If they do bleached bone. So first of all, there's bone and then there's bleached bone bone. The color will not be consistent. And it's just like, just like human teeth and everything else is a little white, a little yellow, and it just won't be consistent throughout, right? Where man-made materials will be more consistent. It'll be the same color all the way around. So a bone nut, that's the way to do it. A bleach bone nut will be more consistent because they bleached it out. However, same thing. It won't, it won't be super consistent. Okay. It'll be a little variance in there. So that's another way to tell. Um, the other, uh, the next material will be, uh, plastic in black or white plastic. I don't, I don't care. It's easy. It will never be cold to the touch. So think of, uh, of, uh, neither will bone by the way, but I mean, plastic will be consistent in color, whether it's black or it's, uh, 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 tan or white, it will be consistent color, but it will be never cold to the touch. It'll be whatever temperature the wood is. So if you touch the wood of the neck and you touch the nut material, it will be about the same same temperature. However, if you use the other materials, graphite, and then there's, if it's white, it's Corian, uh, Tusk, T-U-S-Q, by the same company that makes graphite. They make theirs uh, called Tusk, and I, I believe that's Corian or a type of material like Corian, uh, for those of you that have Corian countertops. And like Corian countertops, if you're familiar with it, both graphite and, and Corian, 
if uh, they will be cold to the touch, they will be cooler. So if it's cool in your room, they'll be colder than the wood would be on the guitar. That's a good way to tell as well. And those are your main ones. So you got graphite, you got Corian, which is tusk, you got plastic and you got bone. Those are your big four. And then the variants of those, that's how I would identify those uh, for the most part. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another material besides like the aluminums and brass and stuff like that. I'm trying to think if there's other materials. There's different types of plastic too. That's what gets a little tricky. But again, we're just talking about, like you said, identifying them. So do not do this. <laughs> I, I hate that I tell you guys this stuff sometimes because I just, I don't know. I, uh, you can taste them too. <laughs> do wipe it clean. Wipe it clean. Um, if, if the materials, I'll tell you, because sometimes I need to know too, right? What I'm dealing with. And I had this happen recently where we were doing a guitar and uh, we thought the guitar had a plastic nut and we were going to put a graphite nut on it. And I didn't want to charge the customer to do the work. So I couldn't tell. And a fast way to tell sometimes, because the temperature was warm, it was warm outside. There was no way to cool to feel that it was cool. So what you can do is you can tap it on your teeth. I just tap my teeth on it. And if it's hard, like tapping a, stone <laughs> uh then it's graphite and if it's not hard it's plastic but the other thing is if you taste it it has a gritty dirt taste to the graphite where the plastic has almost like no taste to it and again wipe it down <laughs> wipe it down before and after don't spread germs it's just the reality of the world sometimes you know when you're trying to do the best for the customer you, you learn the tricks even if it's as dumb as you're tapping stuff with your teeth and your tongue but I don't know. Um, and if, you know, maybe somebody else got better ways too. <laughs> okay. Grumpy Mike. What's up? Grumpy Mike says, whose P90s are your favorite P90s and why? Cheers. And again, I would say with the uh, Grumpy Mike is a patron. So I know you may have seen, I don't know if you've seen the impossible guitar in action. Uh, the P90 modules are being made as we speak. So we can do the P90 test. Um, I don't know, but I'm hoping to find out. Uh, the P90s that will be in the test will be the Lindy Fralin P90s, I believe, the Gibson P90s, the Seymour Duncan P90s, and there's one other. So there's four types of P90s that we're going to be shooting out, and uh, we'll see. We'll see who I like best when it happens. But um, it's tough right now. I don't know who's my favorite. And what's really crazy is all my guitars that have P90s have different brands of P90s, and they all sound good, but they're all different types of guitars. So I don't know how much of that is the pickup, and the variants of the guitar. And so we'll be solving that problem soon enough. Okay. I think. Okay. And then uh, let me go back over. Just let me do Sean's question real quick. Sean, Sean's question is, Hey, Phil ever put any drives, boost or compression in front of a modeler helps to bring some of the lost touch response back for me. Yeah, I've done that. It depends on the modeler. Sometimes they, I, they absorb those pedals and it's like, you feel like you're not getting anything out of it. And sometimes they help. Um, I purpose, uh, per personally, I personally believe like the boss katana, you put a compressor or a boost in front of it. And I think it's magic. I think it really makes that amp come more alive for sure for me. So that's something to think about for the compressor, for the clean side, uh, clean channel, and then a boost for the overdrive or even the clean. I think that's great. But yeah, um, I've, I, like I said, I agree with you. It can really make a modeler uh, really, really much better. But I find that the more expensive the modeler, the less those pedals seem to interact with the modeler maybe it's because the model is so good. It doesn't, doesn't need them. I don't know, but that's just what I think my experience has been. Okay. Let me do. Um, 
Ah, and running with scissors says uh, Duncan. I think it's good to see you again. Running for, with scissors says Duncan P. Rails Rock. I agree. Those are another one we're testing. The pickup testing videos are going to be great. I think the only complaint I think we're going to have is that I'm not going to be releasing fast enough. There'll be one a week for the next 50 weeks. And based on what I can tell, I think you guys don't want to wait that long. So if I can speed them up, we'll speed them up. I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, yeah, Robert, uh, Robert's agreeing. Agree about the compressor pedal in front of the Katana. Magical. I Yes, I have found that the Katana... The Katana, because I have the Katana 2, is it called the 2 or Mark 2, whatever? I haven't done the review of it, but as you guys know, I bought one at Guitar Center in California. And uh, that thing, man, I think it sounds better with the pedals and <laughs> just running pe my pedal board in front of it. It's just fantastic amp. I, I couldn't couldn't say enough good things about it. Uh, and I, I mean, the amp itself sounds fine. I'm not saying anything negative about it. I'm just saying as a pedal platform, I prefer it. So... There is, yes. And then the drunken scoundrel saying tusk is a synthetic ivory. It is correct. That is correct. It's synthetic. Well, it's bone. We're going to say bone. Um, yes, ivory, bone. But we all, yeah, you don't really see, you know, I, I, when you think ivory, you're thinking of like a, you know, a, 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 an elephant tusk or something. Um, but I've never played a guitar with ivory. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sure the old, old, old ones have it. But yes, I understand what you mean. Uh, oh my goodness, Michael Cruz, you're 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 awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it out loud because I get where it's going. It's kind of funny. I'm just gonna take a drink and let you guys that read the comments understand what I'm laughing about. All right. Um, Okay, what else do we got to go? What are we going to do before we go? Uh, let's do a two-minute warning, and let me grab a quick... Oh, cool. Okay, let me grab a quick question or comment. Uh, Adrian says, what are my views on the vintage guitar brand? I have done a video where I went to their booth at the NAM 2018 NAM, 2019, 2019 NAM. I checked out their stuff. Uh, Trev Wilkinson is behind the vintage brand. He's one of the designers and I uh, have nothing but uh, respect for Trev. Uh, I've talked to him. I talked to him at the summer NAM 2017 summer NAM. I got to spend probably about an hour and a half bending his ear and and uh, learning from him and his uh, his wisdom and knowledge in the of the industry and of course you know the Wilkinson Bridge and Wilkinson pickups and the vintage brand and um, uh, you know uh, the the vintage brand is great. Um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say uh, I don't have any dealers next to me. It's the same story. I don't have any dealers next to me. They're not really sending out product. To YouTubers, or at least not to this channel. There, there's no. I mean, I've I've reached out uh, at that show. I um I even tried to buy some guitars, and it didn't work out. Um, they they didn't follow up with me. Uh, so to to answer your question, dig the stuff. I dig the pricing. I dig what they're doing. Um, you know, if I could support their brand by doing some videos and getting the word out about them and talking about them and checking them out, I'd be up for that. But I just don't have a connection that way. And and uh, but I obviously you can hear my I love Trev and I love the brand and um, it's cool stuff. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, vintage guitars. I, I hate the name though. Here's why I say that because every time you type vintage guitars in, vintage 
like not the brand, but vintage guitars come up. Vintage is a brand and it's, but it's, a, you know, it's just, you know, whatever. It's a relic guitars that are cool. So if you want relic guitars that are uh, inexpensive, they're great. So. Ah, okay. Rincy, Rincy says, what boost did I use in front of, oh, it, it, it went away. I'm going to put it back. It says, what boost did I use in front of the Katana? I used the Spark. I'm looking at right now, the Spark. Um, I have a Swirl boost by uh, Lawrence Petros. That's a great boost. I have a Buxom boost by Friedman. I've used that. It's a good boost. Um, but the boost I was using that night that I was in love with, that I was loving the combination, was the Spark by TC Electronics that I picked up, I think, for 30 bucks used. So can't beat that. <laughs> so $30 and the thing sounded fantastic. So if you guys uh, pick one of those up, you're cool. Um, all right. Um, and I think on that note, we're going to call it. We we had a good long session. We we learned. We listened. We grew as a, as a group. <laughs> and uh, let's try to find that last question. And the last quick question, I'm just scrolling backwards because maybe somebody... Um, is uh brandon hold on bill just did one bill just did a super chat says as always thank you have a beer or uh or or so wait have a beer or so on me uh so thank you bill i appreciate that uh it's too late in the day for coffee so i might switch to beer tonight who knows it's friday uh but uh, the question, thank you again, Bill, seriously. Uh, Brandon's question that I liked was, uh, Mr. Phil. Oh, no, Mr. Bill. Remember, oh, no, Mr. Bill. Oh, no, Mr. Bill. Mr. Phil. Uh, remember the clay? It's a claymation thing. Oh, no. Was it Mr. Bill? Remember when they'd, like, they'd squish him? <laughs> Does anyone remember this stuff? I always feel like I'm, I'm all alone. <laughs> Anyways, oh, no, Mr. Bill was the claymation guy, and he would always get squished. Um, so Mr. Phil says, do you think... A Digitech Lux can achieve the detuned Eventide VH balance tone. Um, so uh, the Van Halen balance tone. Can the Lux do that? Um, I've never tried. The Eventide is killer. Um, the Digitech Lux. That's a. I, I like the question. That's why I want to read it out because some of you guys may have the Lux and have tried it. The Lux was an okay unit for me. So I think it's possible. You know what I mean? I think it'd be... I don't see why it can't be. I mean, it's not going to sound bad. I just don't. The question is, can it do it? I think so. Is it going to sound as good? I would, I would bet not. That was a great, great tone from the Eventide unit. And that was a great, great album. Great sound. So, uh, Duke Neutron says, will you be using a loop, a looper for the pickup shootout? It seems like the best thing to do for the sake of consistency. There's no way to loop a, a, a pedal or a pickup, by the way. Um, because you have to, you play the guitar and then the loop records the after point. If you switch out the pickup, then the loop wouldn't be affected. It's not like an after thing. So I understand what you're thinking. Um, there will be a looper to show how, when we layer pickups, they sound different layered. So yes, a little bit of looping, but not maybe in the way you thought, but like I said, trust me, this, the, the videos will be fine. We, I did the first test runs of the videos and 
and we were very pleased with what came out. Um, I think if you're looking to hear the difference in some pickups and get some reference, I think it's going to be more than enough to get everybody, you know, just a little bit of taste of everything. And, and especially the, the catalog of videos is going to be what's more important. So you guys know, it's just to see how can, you know, how it is and you'll never get anything consistency, but, um, the only thing that you're going to have, I can already tell you right now from doing all the beta testing with this thing, the only problem you're going to have is some pickups are so close to each other. They're going to be a nightmare to determine which one's which, but some pickups are obviously different, which is nice. Um, there you go. On that note, we're going to call it. I want to do a quick shout out real quick for two things. Not only is this part of the time of the show where I say thank you to the patrons. I'm looking at my <laughs> notes real quick. Yes. Uh, to the patrons, uh, for, doing uh for supporting the live show because literally without them we wouldn't do the live show especially every friday they were the ones that got this going believe it or not um but i have three patrons i want to i want to particularly uh think because they're my original crew so in other words when the live show started these three guys are still going from the original since like seriously 146 episodes they're they're still th there's three of 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 and it's uh jeff howes justin mabe and zachary rowe thank you so much i mean literally i feel like uh you know you've been with me forever <laughs> and uh, i appreciate you guys so much uh and uh, i just want to give you a special shout out and um i'm gonna do something special for all three of you since you're on patreon i'll send you guys all personal messages uh nothing super exciting but maybe a cool grab bag that i have that i worked up and uh so i'll take care of that guys and then of course i want to thank all the other ones uh, all the other patrons that have been supporting the show for not only a little a long while but also recently and it's alizar mcleod anthony desposito bob crosley brian stewart bruce collins chief squatch chris at the guitar pit which by the way check out his channel it's a great channel especially the, i love some of the stuff he's doing with uh, cheddar kung pal it's uh it's fun to listen to in the background when i'm when i'm when i'm working uh chris from new mexico craig parker uh declan mcleod hold on a second declan is it mcleod mcmullen see the new screen only lets me see the the first part of your name declan i'm sorry buddy declan mcmullen dennis prescott Derek miller dpb <laughs> f crew gary phillips uh george and gay uh greg peterson greg k jason nigler uh james biles Je uh, jonathan pickering jose benito kermit jackson kimball f johnson lawrence petros lonnie hoke martin Leahy, uh Leahy. sorry martin corrected me it's martin Leahy. michael lindner uh michael moon knee <laughs> The new screen sucks. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'm going to fix that because I, I had no idea that it only lets me see a part of your last name. Uh, Muse guitarist, Paul Osterreich, Pedal Pal Effects, Rob Martha. Uh, Rob Martha. Sorry, Rob. Sam Oram, Tim Camacho, Tim Farnsworth, Todd Flowers, and of course, Zesty Basil Pizza. These guys and gals not only support the live show every week, they let me butcher their names, which is awesome because that's a lot to tolerate from a person. And I appreciate them and I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, I look forward to some of the cool videos coming out. I hope you guys will too. And as always, thank you for your time. And of course, know your gear. <laughs>